sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Well, if you didn't get enough Mac action in college football on Tuesday. We got a lot more tonight for you. Maybe we'll even cover it here tomorrow on Fantasy Sports Today. But of course, it is Masters Week here on FST. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia, all over Sports Grid. We're breaking it down for you, Joe. We had to wait seven months to get the Masters back at Augusta, but it's going to happen starting tomorrow morning. We'll cover it for you. And if there's any updates on that, of course, we'll bring it to you. And what could be more fun? Football, baseball, basketball, hockey. But look, the Masters, this will be a very unique time for all of us watching. No Mm -hmm. fans, of course, going there. And uh, none of those great $2 sandwiches to be able to eat for a lot of the fans there. And then I know that my son, uh, you know, he plays golf. He has golf lessons every single week. And his instructor is someone that goes to the Masters every single year. He goes from South Florida to, uh, to Atlanta. And then I guess they drive over to Augusta. And this is the first time that he's not going to go, I, I think, in seven years. So I know it's a bummer for a lot of people who love to attend this event, but I feel like we're just lucky to have it going on this week. Yes, grateful and lucky to have sports. That's what we have to keep in mind. And I understand out there that it's not exactly all the same. And I get it sometimes. It was it was shocking. You know, I remember a couple weeks ago watching that Green Bay Packers game with the Vikings and looking up and they had a shot that you don't usually have but because of the way the stadium is it's a little lower where the crowd is lower on the field to where the actual action is and it was stunning to see empty stands in green bay i mean of all you know in the lambo field and all of that but we have to get over these things we have to understand hey we're just happy to have the games we're happy to have them back everybody should enjoy the masters and yes we waited seven months for it right that's what you said seven months is how long we were waiting well we were waiting for seven weeks Christian McCaffrey to come back and he came back and now it looks like he's not going to play this week too. So add that and make your uh, important moves that you have to on your roster because that from a fantasy perspective is that news is breaking right now. It's very frustrating. You you hung in there, you waited, you got him back, you got the great game and now he's back hurt again. And now let the narrative begin to toil. We're all going to start spinning it on Twitter. Is the workload catching up to Christian McCaffrey? Is that where we are now? We get to bump him out of the number one overall discussion. And I can't say that it's not a, a conversation worth having, Craig, because I think it is. Yeah, it, and it will be next year when we have to make those decisions. But for now, we're living in the now. And here we go with yeah. our headlines here on this Wednesday. Another triple header tonight in the mid conference. And uh, it, it'll look, I, I think, you know, particularly the Mac games have been great. So I'm happy with the way that things have been going. Uh, saw some great games last night and, and I'm looking forward to seeing them again tonight. The uh, Dolphins, unfortunately, placed Preston Williams on injured reserve. And Joe, Preston Williams was somebody that I know that uh, you had some high hopes for at some point. Yeah. He was looking pretty good, uh, but now cuttable, I think, in fantasy leagues. Brian Flores, the head coach of the Dolphins, said it was worse than they thought. I don't think we're going to be seeing him, honestly, for the rest of the season. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder have a new head coach, so good news for them. As we mentioned, the Masters tease off tomorrow, and the NBA draft will be four weeks from today. So we've got a lot to get to here on the second hour of the show. As you mentioned, Joe, injuries definitely a big part of what's going on. We saw Kenyon Drake out last week and thought, hey, maybe Chase Edmonds takes this job and runs with it. I think we can fully establish at this point that the Arizona Cardinals do not have a great running back period. It is not Edmonds. It is not Drake. 
And I would tell you that in 2020, in the NFL draft coming up next year, I bet you the Cardinals draft a running back. Oh uh, yeah, and you know what they should? They should they should be drafting a running back that runs in between the tackles. That's what they need. They need a power version in this uh, offensive attack that the Cardinals are running because Kyler Murray is the guy running outside, making all the moves, doing all the things, right? And you can have a Chase Edmonds kind of a back who catches the ball in the backfield, but I think what they really need is a guy more in the power back world of things, and I think that would really suit them very well going forward. That would be another wrinkle in this Cliff Kingsbury offense that would make them even tougher to go after and get and and also would take a little pressure off Kyler Murray in certain spots too around the goal line in in third and one or fourth and one situations or fourth and short where you're trying to pick up that extra yardage to you where you could turn it on hand it all off to a bigger running back I think that's something that would really be appealing and you mentioned the Preston Williams injury too this is a huge bummer he had a, a couple of touchdowns here the last few weeks I know he wasn't huge in terms of PPR points and things like that but he was catching the touchdowns and I thought okay maybe with Tua here in the second half we can run but now another injury for him after being injured last year, and that is unfortunate. It's also unfortunate because Devontae Parker hasn't played well this year either. Now, last week was better in terms of targets. He's starting to get up there into that six, seven, eight range of targets. That's what we're looking for. So if that trend continues this week, then it's something that I think you can feel better about Devontae Parker going forward in the second half. But it's kind of tough because for Devontae Parker, you would like Williams on the field. The more weapons you have on the field, the harder it is you know, to guard against what's going on, the easier it is to key in on a guy like Parker. So this is a, a an injury that not only hurts Tua, it hurts Williams, but it might also hurt Parker. So let's see what happens with that trend with Miami. But we're rooting for Miami here to make the playoffs. Let that not be lost on our viewers here. We are rooting for the Dolphins to get in there. We get to, we get to hear from Dolphins players on this show, and that makes our show better. So we are rooting for the Dolphins. By the so, way, uh, the, player, the player that they're all talking about uh, locally here today about getting the opportunity with 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 Williams out is the guy who was on every fantasy team two years ago. Everyone thought maybe a wide receiver three, wide receiver two. Antonio Callaway is back, <laughs> and now he can be activated by the Dolphins. And apparently, there's a lot of really strong reports from Callaway. He's been working out with Chad Johnson here in South Florida. So who knows? Maybe look, I, I'm not going to sit here and jump up and grab Antonio Callaway in fantasy leagues. But if he does anything, remember unquestioned talent from this player never promise you know ne never came through with any of the promise but mm -hmm. unquestionably a tremendous talent mm -hmm. but a busted draft from the browns all right coming up next we have our injury update with dr david chow our masters preview with rick gaiman and then of course we'll give you a preview of tonight's nl cy young really close race i don't think anybody knows who's gonna win you'll need to stay on the grid for that we'll be right back SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Each and every week we get the latest on NFL injuries with our injury guy and yours too, ProFootballDoc.com. Of course, it is Dr. David Chow. You could follow him on Twitter at ProFootballDoc. Dr. Chow, it is great to see you once again this week. How are you? Doing well. Yourself? I'm doing just fine. I'm doing better, apparently, than Christian McCaffrey, Dr. Chow. The first overall pick in all of our fantasy drafts. We had to endure weeks and weeks of waiting for him to come back. He came back and 
congratulations, you got yourself 25 fantasy points. And then, oh, we woke up on Monday to hear he may not play this week. What's the latest with Christian McCaffrey? Well, the good news is no issues with his high ankle. Really was 100%. And he had 28 touches. And if he didn't leave for a few plays at the end of the game where Mike Davis got the targets, he would have had 30-plus. And he did very well. The problem is, on the 27th touch, he uh, was tackled and went down on his right shoulder, left for a few plays, returned for one play, a 28th touch, but then left at the end of the game again. And the issue, I believe, is an SC joint sprain, a sprain of his collarbone joint as it comes in towards the sternum. And I don't think it's rib. It is something that I believe that he could play through, others have, with injection or otherwise. It is the same body part that last year Tyreek Hill dislocated and missed a bunch of weeks. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's as bad. That's the good news. The bad news is I think he's going to miss some time because if you look at how, how the Panthers treated him last time, they really wanted their young star to be 100% before they put him back. And when they put him back in, they were headed for 30 touches. They weren't going to do spot usage and uh, he's their bell cow guy, and they're not vying for a Lombardi, so they're not trying to burn him out. I think they're going to wait for him to get towards closer to 100% rather than playing an injured Christian McCaffrey or requiring him to take an injection. My guess is he wants to play, but it's the team that's going to say, no, 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 hold on. So, unfortunately, uh, CMC owners are going to have to wait again. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a tough week. But, look, the, the good news is is that, there's always another running back out there. They may not be viable. And I and I think the one situation that we've seen be very fluid over the last few weeks, it's not a surprise in Pete Carroll's offense, Dr. Chow, has been the running back position where DJ Dallas uh, had, had kind of took the role over a couple of weeks ago. We saw a little bit more of Travis Homer. Where do we stand with Chris Carson? Where do we stand with Carlos Hyde? Last week, were they truly game-time decisions, or did you anticipate this being long-term for them? And then what happens to DJ Dallas at that point? Well, you know, only Pete Carroll really knows, right, what happens <laughs> to DJ Dallas. But here's the here's the situation. Look, for weeks now, I've been telling you, I don't think Chris Carson was a game-time decision. Two weeks ago, this last week, uh, maybe not that close. And I've had it for a while now that it's DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, in that order. And obviously last week, Travis Homer had, you know, was a little healthier. The first week, it was mostly DJ Dallas. Now Travis Homer's a little better. The only change to that order is I actually now believe Carlos Hyde will return before Chris Carson. Pete Carroll even said, oh, they're both doing great. They're both going to be game-time decisions. But he admitted Hyde was ahead of Chris Carson. So now I've flipped it. Carson's at the end, and then it's Carlos Hyde, Travis Homer, DJ Dallas. But the usage, I mean, that's a coaching decision. That's hard for me to say. But uh, if you're a Chris Carson owner, I think you still have to look elsewhere for a little bit longer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, concussion's also a big part of the game. We saw one this week on the Houston Texans side of David Johnson. And and look, David Johnson, Dr. Chow, for, for many of us, kind of got to understand what he is at this point. He doesn't look like nearly the same guy that he was in Arizona. All those injuries have caught up. And, and I don't know if this is, speaks specifically to Johnson or the running backs, but when you saw that injury and then you heard about the concussion, I suppose either during or afterwards, did you immediately eliminate him from chances? Because it seems like most NFL teams, when a player has a concussion, it seems more often than not they're not playing the following week. 
I think you're right. It's a little more often than not that they're not playing the next week. Not impossible. It might be a 60-40 or two-thirds, one-third that they don't play the next week. But that leaves that 40% or or 33% chance that they do so that you'll have to follow that along. Concussions are hard to grade. It depends on how long the symptoms last and their follow-up symptoms, etc. You just have to wait and see. But certainly... Fantasy owners have to be prepared to go a different direction the first week back, at least after a concussion. All right, last one on the running back front. We saw Chase Edmonds. A lot of fantasy owners were very happy to see him get the opportunity, but this is the second year in a row where he's been the main guy, Dr. Chow. He has not made the most of that opportunity. Kenyon Drake's timeline now, everyone's rushing back to see when he is going to be back. Uh, everyone wanted one guy, and now they want the other guy. It's amazing how fantasy works, Dr. Chow. But in terms of, in terms of Drake, uh, where do we stand with his injury? Well, his injury was a high ankle and a fairly significant one. And really, until you see him back at practice, don't look for him. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll have to look at all the practice reports. But he hasn't been close yet. And so, uh, you know, might be a a tiny bit longer. And uh, it's been one of those weird years, right? I mean, a lot of uh, different injuries. Heck, even my own one fantasy league in the Scott Fishbowl, I've got a lot of people (laughs) injured myself. Yeah, and the the Cardinals have a tough matchup this week against the Buffalo Bills, that's for sure. Uh, I, I feel like wide receiver is normally a position we focus a lot on, uh, Dr. Chow. But outside of Kenny Galladay, is there anyone um, really significantly hurt? I, I suppose Ridley is the only other name of, that we're waiting to come back. And I suppose that the Falcons can be careful with him. They got great performances again from even backup wide receivers this past week. Well, I think Ridley's missing the one week and then it's the bye and he'll be back. Right. So uh, that's kind of the uh, situation there. And uh uh, Kenny Galladay, I think, is iffy. T.Y. Hilton's the other one for the early week game. Uh, in theory, he was full practice if there was one, but there really wasn't one. So yeah. we'll have to see on his uh, groin. That's the other one. And then uh, well, around the league, you know, Julian Edelman's still on IR from sure. the knee scope. And, uh, you know, uh, so, yeah, there's there's always uh, always issues out there. Okay, and uh, Philadelphia and the New York Giants, and I and I think that whenever Philly has their weapons, they appear to be a lot better than when they don't. And Miles Sanders is is the name that I, I think a lot of folks are expecting to return this week. Is that a done deal? Uh, close to it. I'm optimistic that Miles Sanders is ready to uh, to go. There's always a lot of smoke screens coming out of Philadelphia, but I actually do think Miles Sanders is good to go. Philadelphia, you know, this whole season has been the most injured team. I think the 49ers have stolen that mantle for them. Right. Uh, and the Eagles actually are moving towards better health now. I mean, where else do they have to go? They were rock bottom, right? Yeah, very true with that. Uh, the, the last story that percolated earlier in the week, Dr. Chow, is Ben Roethlisberger with some contact tracing and COVID-19. It, it seems like the the teams at this point, and at least the league at this point, is trying to press forward with whoever they have and, and just trying to get these games played. Uh, it, it's my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that with Roethlisberger, similar to the other sports, baseball and the like, um, you know, they're going to wait. They're going to wait on the testing. But what's so unfortunate, it seems like, at least from my perspective, is that San Francisco lost out on three of their players last week just on contact tracing, which turned out to be a negative test. So uh, I don't know that the Steelers could even beat Cincinnati with Mason Rudolph, Dr. Chow. So I, I guess we're going to have to wait and see on that one. 
Well, I don't think they're going to have to try because, you know, even though Big Ben is hurt, reportedly both knees, it's the one knee MCL. Here's the difference. He was a high risk. uh, So he doesn't have the disease. He doesn't have a positive test. It's just based on contact tracing. And he comes off of it by Saturday. So he's ready to go. When you say, well, now he's mispracticed. I think he would have mispracticed all week anyways with his knee. So in the end, I don't think there's any difference there with the Steelers and Big Ben. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap with this. Uh, your podcast on OutKick and uh, and your column this week. Where, where's the focus here when people want to click and give it a read and listen? The, the well, it's injury indexes and uh, and field views and for fantasy purposes, uh, go to it for free. If you're trying to decide between two running backs, look at the opposition's run defense and their health, right? And that might make a make a difference. And then the other thing is, people have been asking me in the podcast. We talk about the difference between close contact and high risk. Close contact is someone where they're worried and sorting it out, and you can come back immediately. High risk is five days of quarantine. So if you get put on high risk on Wednesday or Thursday, you are not playing Sunday, period, end of discussion. Dr. Chow, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. We'll follow you on Twitter at ProFootballDoc. Thank you again. Thanks, Craig. We'll catch up next week. That's Dr. David Chow joining us, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It's the biggest week in golf in 2020 in November. And we got to bring in the best of the business to talk about it. Rick Game and RickRunGood.com. He's the man when it comes to wagering on golf, DFS golf, and he is in high demand this week with the Masters starting on Thursday. Rick, it's great to catch up with you again. Thanks for coming on Fantasy Sports today. How are you? Um, I'm well. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is our Super Bowl. It is weird. It's in November, but uh, I I would take it in December on Mars. It doesn't matter. It's here and I'm ready to roll. (laughs) All right. So uh, before we get to the specifics and we're going to touch on the odds to win and get Rick's opinion here. I know he's been digging in all week long as to who is going to win. Anything out of the ordinary in this out of the ordinary season that we've had in all of sports that could apply to the Masters? Is it simply put, don't worry about it, forget it, these guys are just playing golf, fans don't matter, and let's just go out there and see who wins? Is there any element of weirdness to this before anybody places a bet or goes on to FanDuel to play DFS this week? Yeah, I think there is an element of weirdness. Now, you know, we in November in Augusta, Georgia, this could have been an unseasonably cold week. I think we dodged the bullet there. It looks like it's going to be warm. No, no problems with the temperature, but it is going to be wet. I mean, there is rain in the forecast every single day, Craig. And the way that that usually sets up is this course is going to play much longer than normal. You know, you're not going to get that rollout on your drive. So some of these guys who hit it really far off the tee are probably at a bit more of an advantage. And I actually think uh, the first First timers might be not necessarily an advantage, but not as big of a disadvantage as we normally see at Augusta National, where experience is so critical. A lot of these guys might have played here eight or 10 times, but they've never done it in November and they've never done it without the patrons on the ground. So there is a couple of weird things that I'm keeping in mind this week. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, for me, it's all about $2 ham sandwiches, you know, and that's (laughs) that's usually what I'm about at at Augusta. But for this week, 
it's about us not going and watching on TV. I get it. And uh, look, that's that's what we're all faced with this year with sports in general. But let's stay positive and let's take a look at least on FanDuel Sportsbook, Rick. I want to start there uh, from the favorites and then we can work our way down. So what we're looking at right here is the favorites to win the Masters in 2020. Bryson DeChambeau is 8-1, to one, plus 800. Dustin Johnson, plus 850. John Ram, 10-1. to one. Justin Thomas is 12 to 1, Rory McIlroy 13 to 1, Xander Schauffele 16 to 1, and Brooks Kepka, who has been working out, by the way, uh, Rick, in my neck of the woods here in West Palm Beach, getting ready for the Masters this past week, is 18 to 1. So let's start off there specifically. I don't know if you have made your selection, and certainly people could go to rickrungood.com and get all of the winning info for this week. Can we get any leans on how you're feeling going into Augusta on Thursday? Absolutely. I mean, first of all, we are just blessed that all of these top players are in, they're in form right now. I mean, they are all hot. Bryson DeChambeau trying to break the game. Dustin Johnson making a charge in Houston last week, along with Brooks Kepka. I mean, there are so many guys playing well at the moment that the storylines are, are endless, but I'm laser focused, Craig, on Justin Thomas. You said he's 12 to one, and that number has drifted a little bit over the past couple of weeks because John Rahm has played so well, because Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau have played so well, that number's drifted to 12 to 1. And let's be clear here, Justin Thomas is in a, an elite ball striker on the PGA Tour. In fact, since the tour has come back in the restart, he's the best player in this field in strokes gained approach. He's the best player in this field in strokes gained around the green. He hits it far, so I'm not worried about wet conditions with him. And he's gotten better each and every start here at the Masters. I think this is setting up to be not only a top-tier player, but with a few extra points points of value at the top of the board. All right. Uh, and by the way, before we move on to uh, players making the cut, uh, is there any late value, any, you know, 30 to one, 40 to one throwing a dart? I always like to ask if, if there's just a shot at a $5 bet here at, at someone that, you yeah. know, maybe finishes top three, someone like that. Yeah, so I think the, I'll, I'll name a, a couple quickly. I mean, but Bubba Watson, you know, depending on, you know, you can usually get him in the 30 range for this week already okay. with two Masters titles on his resume. He's hitting the ball really well right now. And if you do want to buy into, um, you know, different types of conditions, right, it's going to be wet and sloppy. Cam Smith hanging around at 66 to 1 is probably a good number for him. He won the Sony Open in January this year in just kind of wet, sloppy conditions. He's been playing well right now. And and he's got a top five in his master's career. Those would be two guys I'd be focusing on further down the board. All right. Now, one of the, the great things about FanDuel is they give you some other odds and some different. There, there's plenty to bet on, by the way, yes. at the Masters this week. But what I wanted to do, Rick, is go through some of the notables. And for the novice player, someone who may just be watching and saying, oh, I recognize that guy because they watch golf, of course, when just the majors are on and nothing else. A lot of people do. Uh, here are some of the notables to make the cut. Phil Mickelson is minus 176. Heinrich Stenson, minus 138. Bernard Longer, plus 104. I think everyone knows these names. Uh, Freddie Couples at plus 132. And then Vijay Singh hasn't been a, a factor at all, uh, or much of one lately, uh, at plus 225. Just wanted to get your thoughts on any of those notables to either make or miss the cut. Mickelson, Stenson, Longer, Couples, Singh. 
Yeah, so uh, the the reason that those popular names are down there is because there's not not a lot of great form. You know, Phil Mickelson, he's been dominating the senior tour, the champions tour, but it's been a completely different story on the PGA tour because he's not able to hit enough fairways, Craig. He's just putting himself in such a difficult position off the tee. I think it could be, uh, I was going to say a long week for him. It might be a short week for him if he can't make the cut on, on Friday. The one that's so interesting to me is Henrik Stenson. This is where you have to balance out the the core history. He's played Augusta National a a bunch. He's got a decent set of results there. And then his recent form, which he hasn't been all that sharp, but he also hasn't played that much since the restart. If if you were going to, you know, let's pit Phil Mickelson and Henrik Stenson against one another. I would take Phil to miss the cut. I would take Stenson to find a way to make the weekend. I don't think he makes much noise this week, but I think he plays all four rounds. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I didn't realize that weather was such a big factor. And Rick, of course, living here where I do in South Florida, it's been raining like, I mean, we had a tropical storm here and it's been raining like every day for the past week. But uh, that's the one thing that's sort of avoided Gusta, hasn't it, through the years, just based on the timing of when the tournament is? That and we kind of joke that there's a dome over Augusta National, right? You know, <laughs> right. sometimes there, it's so perfect. It's everything about it is amazing. It's almost not of this earth. And and, and storms tend to just, you know, turn right when they get to uh, the Augusta National. And they they what they do have, Craig, is they have a really good. Um, it's called a sub air system. It pulls the water out of the ground. It's unbelievable technology. So it makes the greens almost firm and fast no matter how much rain they get. Uh, the fairways will be a little bit different. That'll that'll stop your ball from rolling out. But uh, we're, we're hoping for that Augusta National bubble again this week. All right. Uh, amen corner. Is, is, uh, <laughs> it will be nice and dry for the weekend. All right. Uh, now over on the Daily Fantasy site, let, let's move on quickly here because I, I think that we may have a lot of folks who are more interested in that, honestly, than the betting perspective because we do f- talk fantasy here on this show. Here's the pricing for the weekend. And again, in most of these tournaments, you have to pick six and make the salary work. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, 12100 McElroy at eleven nine, Dustin Johnson, eleven eight, Rahm, eleven seven. Justin Thomas, who I, I suppose is somebody you're going to be including in some lineups, 11-6. Shafel at 11-5. Kepka at 11-3. And I wanted to make sure I included Tiger Woods because he, he's not among the favorites in terms of the betting favorites, but he is pretty highly priced on FanDuel as far as DFS is concerned. And I suppose whether you're a sports book or a DFS site, don't you have to price Tiger Woods reasonably high or else everybody would just pick him? Rick, yeah. I think that's the way it would happen. Uh, that's right. Sports books and, and daily fantasy sites are certainly not going to get burnt because Tiger Woods goes out and, and win the, wins the Masters. Uh, I, I mean, you look at it, and, and Craig, we were kind of talking about this uh, earlier. We've never had a Masters during football season. You're going to have a lot of FanDuel NFL players who look at this and go, oh, I know, I know a little bit about golf. I'm going to put some lineups in, and I think that drives up Tiger Woods' ownership uh, even more than it should because there's little evidence in the 2020 year that Tiger Woods is going to have a good week. I mean, it's just such a different situation from his lead in form to the 2019 Masters, which he won to the 2020 Masters, where now he's, he's kind of playing pretty bad, Craig. So that that's one guy that I would probably avoid. And then you mentioned Brooks Kepka. You know, we, we know that he can kind of flip this switch around major championship season. He played well in Houston last week. He posted a top five. He often foreshadows his victories, Craig. Uh, usually before a win, he'll top 10 something. I mean, it's it's really interesting. Uh, he is lower priced than Dustin Johnson, than John Rahm, than, um, than, than Bryson DeChambeau. I think he might be a decent value as well. All right. So, uh, and by the way, Rick, before we go, I, I know people can you know, certainly follow you on Twitter and also at the website, rickrungood.com. 
Give people advice if they're building a lineup this week in DFS. Thirty. We got about a minute left to go. If you were building a lineup and you're going on to FanDuel, how are you starting? How are you finishing? Sure. So here, here's what I would do. Um, FanDuel, and I think they do this right, the pricing gets a little bit softer in major championship weeks because they know there's going to be a lot of casual players. And I think that's a good thing. It usually allows you to get uh, a stars and scrubs approach. Try okay. to find two of those guys in the higher salary range that uh, have a lot of that win equity. Try to get two of those guys, pair them with two of the guys lower down the board. And you want to look for guys who hit it far. I really think that's going to be the main storyline this week with those wet conditions, guys who are able to fly the ball off the tee uh, further than everybody else. They're going to hit shorter irons in, and they're going to have an advantage over four rounds. Mm, interesting stuff. All right. Uh, well, uh, Rick, before you go, rickrungood.com. Uh, let us know what people can find this week. If they want to sign up, this is a great time to do it. Yeah, great time to do it. There is golf data more than you could ever pro- probably want. There's visualizations, helps you do your research uh, more quickly and more efficiently for not only the Masters, but any other golf tournament that's going on over the course of a year. Yeah, and I, and I always say the Masters is, uh, you know, you're driving for show, you're putting for dough. <laughs> Don't forget those putts when it's not the Masters and some of these smaller tournaments. Rick it does a great job throughout the year. We'll close it out with the Masters this week. Thank you, Rick, for coming on. Uh, have a great week. Enjoy the Masters, and we'll see what happens next week. Thanks again. Thanks. All right, Rick Gaiman joining us here on Fantasy Sports Today. All right, we got plenty more to come here on our show, including a little fantasy or reality coming up next. We'll talk about the Mets sale and what their new owner had to say about that. Plus, of course, we'll give you a little bit of a preview of tomorrow's show, what you can expect on the Thursday edition of Fantasy Sports Today. We'll be right back. Joe will join me, so make sure you stay on the grid. We'll be right back after this. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports. Today we had the managers of the year in the American League and National League announced yesterday. Baseball Writers Association Awards. Tonight, Joe, they will announce the American and National League Cy Young Award winners. And I don't think we need to spend too much time on the American League Cy Young Award winner. It's going to be Shane Bieber. So for purposes of this show, let's fast forward to the National League and take a look at the Cy Young Award candidates who are out there. Because this is very compelling. Trevor Bauer with the lowest ERA, uh, 100 strikeouts, wins and losses don't really matter, of course. But uh, if you go by war, he leads in war. Uh, you Darvish with the most wins. And also tied with War with Bauer. And then you have Jacob deGrom, who had the most strikeouts in the 2020 season, a little bit higher ERA than the others. I mean, all three of these guys make a very compelling case to win the National League Cy Young Award. And and if Trevor Bauer's name was like Mike Johnson, I think Mike Johnson would be the Cy Young Award winner. But I just don't know how people feel about Trevor Bauer, honestly. So a a tough call for me on this one. I know that maybe you'd lean Met a little bit here and, and go to Grom, but do you think do you think Bauer wins it? I mean, you Darvish was fantastic too, less strikeouts, but Darvish lower ERA than DeGrom, higher war than DeGrom. 
Mike Johnson, by the way, very good in his own right. No disparity at all here on the program for Mike Johnson. We all love a good Mike Johnson. Uh, but, you know, this one's tough for me. Personally, if I had a vote, I would actually vote for Trevor Bauer because I think that's the guy that really basically carried his team the most. Not that any of these guys did not, and you Darvish certainly was the ace of this staff, but I'll tell you, you know, it felt like at a certain point Trevor Bauer was so automatic at the most important time, and he had the lowest ERA of these three guys. I don't think he's actually going to win it. I actually think, you know, Trevor Bauer kind of rubs people the wrong way, I think, most of the time. for the most, And this goes for the fans and the media alike and a lot of people who might vote for this award. So if you had to guess and handicap it, I think they're probably going to give it to DeGrom again. Uh, but I think mm. I personally would vote for Trevor Bauer. Personally, that's that's me. I don't know if you had a vote. You're a lot closer to this potentially than I am of having a vote for these kind of things. If you had to cast yours, who would you cast yours for? Well, I don't think DeGrom is going to win it because I think that when this is voted on, it comes right at the end of the regular season. And you had the Cubs and Reds both playing for the end. And the and the Reds were on a roll right before the end of the regular season. So if we go back and think and stop our thinking right at that moment of the end of the regular season, it was really Bauer getting there. So I, I do think Bauer deserves to win. I just don't know that they're going to give it to him, Joe. This is like a popularity contest. And I, I think Bauer is great for the game. I think he's fun and I enjoy what he does. There are people who do not like him and, mm -hmm. and I don't know if that will be held against him, but it's part of voting. Everyone has a favorite as we know. Right. And, and I, I, and that I, mean, I don't is know. Mike Johnson. If his name was not Bauer and this guy was just some regular guy going out there with these numbers, he'd be the winner. But because yeah. of who What's he is, it's not right. But the familiarity of Jacob DeGrom, I think Craig has a lot to do with it, right? You know, the voters are, you know, comfortable. They voted for him a dumb show. New York is a huge media market. Look, if you Darvish won it, it would not surprise me. If Jacob DeGrom won it again, I would roll my eyes and go, great. Okay. I mean, he's totally deserving of it. You could put right. him in this, in this category and also pitching in so many bad situations with no run support. I mean, really, I mean, the Mets continue to be unbelievably bad when Jacob DeGrom is on the mound, which is stunning to me constantly. Can we fix that? Steve Cohn, let's make that priority number one, but Trevor Bauer does rub people the wrong way. And I'm with you. I put that stuff aside. I'm going to vote for the, it's just like the hall of fame. I don't care what you said, what you did. Were you good on the field? Did you get the job done? And the answer is yes. And to me, I think it was Bauer. I think that was the dude. But all three very worthy. It's it's kind of weird. We usually get like one or two guys. It's been a while since I remember three guys that were so close. And this is, I think, probably the product of a 60-game shortened season. Yeah, I, I would think so. I think this would have sorted itself out in 162. Yeah. So. We'll see tonight. We'll tell you who wins tomorrow. All right, let's end the show with some fantasy or reality. Let's get started and talk about Tony La Russa, the current manager of the Chicago White Sox, although he has yet to manage a game. ESPN reported that he had a DOI back in February, and now there are some reports of that coming out and some of the things that Tony La Russa said. And certainly we've been involved in a very heavy cancel culture later, <laughs> lately. So there could be the notion that Tony La Russa may never manage a game with the White Sox. At least it seems like there is a camp for that going on right now. So, Joe, I'll start with you. Fantasy or reality, Tony La Russa will be the manager for the Chicago White Sox on opening day of 2021. First of all, Brett and Danny, this is the picture you put in for this segment for this question. This is rough. I mean, because right now that is that is not the most flattering picture of Tony, a great baseball man. It looks like he just got released on bail. Potential. I don't know. This is not a good look for Tony. Tony's mugshot. Well, let me tell you. I mean, you're you're a, just a hair away from it with this picture. So if he shows up to work on opening day or spring training, 
uh, right here in this one. This one to me, I'm like, oh, geez, if he shows up to work like this, I don't know about it. But all joking aside, this is a serious thing here. And this is not the first DUI he's had. And this is why you stay on the grid all day long, too, because uh, later yesterday afternoon, uh, Scotty Farrell on this network on Coast to Coast, uh, who always does a great job, had a great segment about this whole thing. And uh, if you missed that, go back and, and follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid or go check it out on demand from yesterday's shows. But um, I got to tell you, it's starting to feel like this might never happen. I'm going to say reality. We never get there. I, I just is something right now that just feels off. But like you said, whether it happens, doesn't happen, however long we have it, it's going to be a story. And so far, we've had a story about Tony LaRusso almost every single day since he became manager. So we love having Tony around. I still think he would be, uh, do a good job, better than other people might give him credit for, I think, at this stage in his life and his career. But these are some problems here. And, you know, and apparently the whole thing with the rings, I mean, if that's really what he said in that whole thing, that's, you know, I don't care how many rings you got, a DUI is a DUI. And, it's, you know, you're endangering the lives of other people and something very serious. So I, I don't know, Craig, it's starting to feel like we could be going in the wrong direction here with this before we even get to opening day. What do you think? Well, I, I think that if he's not going to be the manager of the White Sox, we're going to know real soon. So the fire is started right now, and I do think it will go away. And I think he'll be the manager of the White Sox. Look, Jerry Reinsdorf owns the White Sox. It is his choice mm -hmm. to make. And he basically fired the runner-up for manager of the year in, in Renteria, who wasn't yeah. part of their, their broadcast last night. Like, I, don't, like, I wouldn't want to do it if I was him either. But mm -hmm. he wasn't there. It was Charlie Montoyo and Kevin Cash, and then just a picture of Rick uh, Renteria. So... <laughs> Hopefully it's a better fantasy. picture than the one of LaRusse that we just had. More flattering, I would say. Oh, uh, I, I, I think he will be the manager. It, it's the choice of the of the owner in this case. The owners are very powerful in Major League Baseball. And and look, if LaRusse makes it to December, he's going to make it to February. You know, like I think that that's the deal. If, now, but again, any, in the next right. week, that's we'll really do it. No. Yeah, I, I right. think it goes, away. it goes away. I hope so. I hope it does. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I hope he gets right. But yeah, I mean, I, I just it's just crazy to think that all of this was for nothing. Because, again, it's a good story. And we like a good story. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the NFL. Now, Ben Roethlisberger, I believe, will play Sunday for Pittsburgh, which, which is wor worth a discussion right now if he doesn't. Because if he doesn't, then forget everything we're talking about here. But... For right now, look, the, the Cincinnati Bengals have played a lot better than people thought. They've lost a lot of close mm -hmm. games. You could honestly flip their record with their tough losses, but you can't do that in the NFL, or the Chargers would win every game too. So <laughs> week 10 of the NFL for Cincinnati is a trap game for Pittsburgh, Joe. Fantasy or reality? I think this is a big reality. Cincinnati's coming off the bye. Now, Joe Mixon was not practicing yet today. We'll see if that changes, but we'll keep an eye on that. But even without Mixon, they've been able to be competitive in a lot of these games. And, and like you said, they are in it. They can put up points with anybody. Joe Burrow's having a fantastic beginning to the year. Uh, he's got five 300-yard games or something insane like that. It's crazy how good this guy's been out of the gate. And if there were any doubters, I don't think there's any more. Um, and I think for Pittsburgh – you have to understand what the schedule has been for them. They had a big uh, emotional game in Tennessee. They came out on top of that one. They had a big emotional game with Baltimore. They came on top of that one. They, you know what? It's Dallas. There was a lot of attention on that game because it was Dallas and it's the Cowboys and you're, and you're going to big D. So I think there's a lot of focus on that still, regardless of what the state of the Cowboys is right now. 
But I feel like there's a little bit of a potential letdown here with this game against Cincinnati, a team that they are used to rolling, and and the Cincinnati defense is not very good. That offense is. And I think this is going to be a really fascinating game. I think this is a trap. I do think the Steelers will still win this football game. But it would not shock me at all if this was the hiccup on the schedule where they got caught napping. I think this could possibly be it because just falling into the old patterns of, oh, it's the Bengals, it's the Bengals, we always beat the Bengals. These aren't the same Bengals anymore. Okay, so he, here's where I'm going with this. I'm not really sure where you're going with this. That's that's kind of my point here because <laughs> I, I'm not positive here because if if I'm not mistaken, I thought last week was the trap game. No? Like, didn't they go to Dallas and almost I didn't, lose? No. I, I didn't think it was the trap. I mean, honest, I didn't see it as, as such going in. I think it was more of just there was a lot of national attention on it because who was the quarterback and what was going on and Dallas was such a fluid situation. I don't know from the Pittsburgh standpoint, it felt like a trap game for them because it's the Dallas Cowboys and, and well, it turned out the be. national, it, it did turn out to be, but they, they still won that game. I would say mostly handily. I would, I mean, there was a little time in that second that. quarter where there was a little worried about it. Yeah, that's fair. The second quarter they were behind, but the I never got the feeling that they were going to lose. Win the game. The, the the right side was won, but the Cowboys were the right side against the spread, without a doubt. That that they were covering from start to finish. Sure. Anyway, here's here's what I'll say. This is not a trap game, in my opinion. Um, uh, Cincinnati, the last time they went up against a really good defense, Joe Burrow looked fantastic the week before and got completely shut down by Baltimore. I don't have a strong opinion on the game yet. When we do our picks on Friday here, maybe I'll dive more into that and make a final decision on it. But for me, I think last week was really the game that you make Pittsburgh a 13-point favorite. They almost lose, and they get caught snoozing. I don't know that that's going to happen again this week against Cincinnati. But look, you are you are right in the sense that Cincinnati's playing a lot better. They should have some more wins. Lions should have had some more wins last year. Chargers should have had some more wins for the last 20 years. Sure. In the end, you got to close it out, and and I and I think that the Bengals are improving; they're getting better. But I don't trust their defense, and I don't know how Burrow will play again against an elite defense in the NFL. He looked horrible against Baltimore, and Pittsburgh's defense, I can make the case, is just as good yeah. or close. But to he looked really. But he played very well against Indianapolis. In all fairness, he played very he did well look against good Indianapolis. Against he did look good against the Colts. Yeah. Okay, so we'll see what happens this week. Uh, okay, finally, let's close it out here. Now, the the Flyers have their mascot, of course is gritty that is very very popular and joe gritney has now been spotted in the united kingdom and look at this it looks just like the flyers mascot gritty so what's the deal here joe gritty is a good idea fantasy or reality uh well look everybody has a soulmate right somebody has to complete somebody so i guess gritty and gritney are are meant to be we'll see if you know, if she's in the UK right now, maybe we could possibly, uh, you know, waive some of the travel restrictions, get her in there so these two crazy kids can be together for the holidays. I think it's a good idea. Sure, why not? I mean, Mr. Met has Mrs. Met, you know. I mean, the, the, you know, every mascot, I don't know if the San Diego chicken had a girlfriend. I can't speak to that. I'm not exactly sure. But it feels like Gritty deserves a Gritney. So I'm going to say reality. As disturbing as this photo is, and let me reiterate, disturbing is the word I would use, I, I think it's a good idea. Let's let's do it. It's not as disturbing as the uh, the first picture we showed on fantasy reality, but it's close. No. It's pretty close right now. <laughs> but I will say this: I do think that Gritney is a good idea because hey, why not? Twenty twenty. Everybody has some happiness. How about you, Greg? Yeah, we got to call Gal Gadot for you, and and that'll be your opposite, right? Am I on the right track there or no? Oh, hey, opposites attract, baby. Sure, let's there have a Gal Gadot. I, mean, I don't know. I, I threw a dart there. I don't know. I was guessing. You it's like Dearness right Johnson. 
Picking up no, Deirdre no, Johnson. This Bart was way more on target. <laughs> okay. This was Kareem Hunt, not Deirdre Johnson. Glad we got All that right. one. Um, it's a good idea. Of course not. Fantasy. This is like so silly. <laughs> Get rid of this, Brittany. Good at all. Shocking that the UK can't come up with a good mascot, right? Go figure that. Great teams, great soccer teams, not great mascots. All right, we'll be back with the Sports 60. Make sure you stay on the grid. We'll be right back after this, right here on sportsgrid.com. This is Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We have Thursday night football coming up, so we'll have a preview of that on tomorrow's show and then get you ready for the weekend in the NFL and in college football as well. Our picks, of course, coming here on Friday. But as we get out of here today, let's turn it over to Joe. He's got the Sports Grid 60. Joe? Christian McCaffrey looks like he's back on the shelf, and this is why we can't have nice things anymore. So now our nation turns its lonely eyes to you, Michael Thomas, as the returning superstar who could still win us a championship. Look, this is a smash game for you this week. I gave you a last past week on Sunday Night Football to get your feet wet again. Yeah, yeah, basically we're owning that game. There was no reason to get you too heavily involved, just get you back up to speed. But look, you're back in the dome. You're at home. You're against the 49ers. Your secondaries played terrible the last few weeks. This is it, Michael Thomas. It's week 10. It's time for you to reward all of those fantasy owners that waited so patiently for your return because that's it. You're the only one left who can get us there. So please, Michael Thomas, don't let us down. I beg you. We need something to go well for us this year in 2020. All right. Well, hopefully for Thomas, that'll be the case. I know that there are a lot of Mets fans out there that are very optimistic with the sale of the Mets. And I would tell you that you should be because there's a lot of people who feel that anything is better than having the Wilpons there owning the team. And I get all that. But I also want to make very clear here that just because the Yankees spend a lot of money and just because the Dodgers spend a lot of money, that is not the secret sauce for winning. The secret sauce is the farm system, the international money, and being able to sign and trade players and make the right moves, which is something the Mets have not been able to do. Take a look at how the Yankees and Dodgers have built their teams. Aaron Judge on one side, Cody Bellinger on the other. MVPs are coming from farm systems. The Mets have to draft and develop carefully and correctly, not trade those players away so they can be sustainable for a number of years and then... The end of the piece of the puzzle is by going out and getting a Garrett Cole or getting a Mookie Betts. That's how you finish a championship. It is not how you start one. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to our friends at LTN, of course, for Danny and Brett and my co-host Joe Pizapia. I'm Craig Mish. Don't forget to stay on the grid all day and all night long. We'll have in-game live going through all the action in college football in the Mac later today. Well, tomorrow at noon, have a great week, everybody, and stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.